Hey, podcast family, welcome back to another episode of Clinical Pearls. In this session, we're going to talk about something that's extremely timely because these words, emergency contraception and emergency birth control, are top searches right now, not just from providers, but from patients as well. Well, in June of 2022, just last month, an article was published in Obstetrics and Gynecology that shed some light about the use of emergency birth control in patients that are overweight or obese. Let me set the stage. I've sat in many clinical meetings where, where emergency birth control has been discussed, and I've actually heard it said from published authors, well, listen, if a patient has a BMI that's uh, considered overweight or obese, I still give them plan B. I just give them a double dose. And I've always sat there, listened to that, and internally, in my own mind, my answer is, huh? Where does that come from? Where's the data for that? Well, now we have data, and it may not be what you expect. Ready? So let's talk about double dose of Plan B for patients that are overweight or obese. Is it real or is it fictitious? Well, let's get into that answer right now. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. I'm 100% in for open access, over-the-counter status for both types of oral emergency contraception. Right now, Plan B one-step is available over-the-counter without any age restriction, but Ella, which is Ulipristal, still requires a doctor's prescription for use. One of the biggest factors that determines success of emergency contraception is the speed at which it's taken after the ill-protected or unprotected sexual encounter. We know that Plan B, levonorgestrel, needs to be taken within 72 hours, and although Olipristal or Ella may be taken up to 120 hours, efficacy is greatest if taken within the first 12 up to 24 hours of the sexual event. In other words, the earlier, the better, because failure rates do tend to increase with time passage from the act of sexual intercourse to the emergency contraceptive dose administration. One of the other factors that's been looked at in terms of efficacy of emergency contraception outside of the time of administration is the patient's weight. Now, to be very clear here, most of this issue on weight is kind of controversial and kind of conflicting, but it defaults to levonorgestrel because Ella or Ulipristal is much more forgiving in terms of the patient's weight than is levonorgestrel. Now, let's be very clear, because I'm going to come out here sounding very pro-Ella, very pro-Olipristal, and I am. I think it works much better, and it's not just my opinion, it's the data. It does have better efficacy, in addition to its extended ability to, to be used for 120 hours compared to 72. But I have no disclosure, no, I don't work for Ella, I don't know even who makes it, I don't get anything for Olipristal. I'm just telling you the data is there, and the data is much more forgiving in terms of BMI status for Olipristal than it is for levonorgestrel. 
For example, according to a study published in 2016, people with a BMI of 30 or higher had significantly lower levels of levonorgestrel emergency contraceptive in their bloodstream than people with a BMI between 18.5 and 25. So this suggested that Plan B may be less effective for people who have a BMI that was actually greater than 25 and definitely over 30. But remember, this was just serum levels. This was a pharmacokinetic study, not an actual failure outcome. But it wasn't just that study. If you actually go back five years from that to 2011, another publication found that the pregnancy risk was more than three times higher in participants who took levonorgestrel-based emergency contraceptive and who had a BMI of 30 or more compared to those with a BMI of 18.5, again, up to that 25 cutoff. Ah, but in medicine, you know, things aren't that clear-cut. Even though further studies have found similar links, links don't prove causation. Remember, those are associations. And in 2017, another publication concluded that after taking levonorgestrel-based emergency contraceptive, if taken in the correct way, that the pregnancy rate was low across different BMIs and weight categories overall. In other words, yes, it may be a little lower, but the overall rate is still very low for failure. This is why the FDA actually responded on May the 20th, 2016. And you can access that with a simple Google search. But they actually did a dear doctor and dear patient notice that said, look, we're aware of some of these issues based on weight, especially for women with a BMI of 25 or more concerning levonorgestrel-based emergency contraception. But here's what the FDA stated and why they did not change their labeling for Plan B. Here's the FDA's response to this controversial data of levonorgestrel and weight. Quote, the FDA has completed a review of available scientific data concerning the effectiveness of levonorgestrel emergency contraception in women who weigh more than 165 pounds or have a BMI of more than 25 kilograms per meter square. Because this data are conflicting and too limited to make a definitive conclusion, the FDA does not believe that a change in the labeling for levonorgestrel emergency contraception is warranted at this time. There's also no safety concerns that preclude the use of levonorgestrel emergency contraception in patients in general, and the FDA continues to believe that all women, regardless of how much they weigh, can use these products to prevent unintended pregnancy following unprotected sexual intercourse or contraceptive failure, end quote. All right, so that seems pretty clear, right? FDA says, nothing to see here, nothing to see here, folks. But there is data out there, and that makes some patients and providers uncomfortable. So some providers have elected to use it off-label by giving patients who are overweight or obese simply a double dose of Plan B. Now remember, I'm not kind of throwing Plan B under the bus here. It's just that Plan B does have this lower weight issue based on the data, whereas Ella tends to be more forgiving with a higher weight threshold for failure. So remember, I'm not picking on plan B, just that the data on weight has focused more on the levonorgestrel variety than olipristal acetate. 
And of course, it's all in these pros and cons, right? I mentioned this before. The pro, the benefit of Plan B One Step is it's over the counter. So you can get it anytime without having to go see a physician or through telemedicine. Whereas Ella or Olipristol has that additional roadblock of needing a prescription for it. And some pharmacies don't have it, although you can get it through telemedicine. That's why I'm 100% in favor of pushing these companies and get FDA clearance for these to have over-the-counter authorization, whether it's Plan B or it's Olipristol. But Olipristol does have one catch, is that if it's used with a progestin-based birth control, then that's the conflict. And that's why it still requires that at least televisit or physician or healthcare provider contact so that there's no, no issue there. Because remember, you're supposed to wait five days after taking Olipristol and before starting a traditional or a, any kind of contraception that contains a progestin. All right, well, that brings us back to this current study of June 2022 about doubling the dose to try to beat the whole weight issue. And again, the whole purpose of this was because based on those preliminary studies, even though they're conflicting, there could be the possibility that levonorgestrel-based emergency contraception may not be as effective based on BMI starting at 26 and definitely above 30. These researchers included healthy women between the ages of 18 and 35 with regular menstrual cycles, and they had BMIs higher than 30. They had a weight of at least 176 pounds, and they were randomized into this study. Now, after confirming ovulation, researchers monitored the study participants with transvaginal ultrasound and blood sampling for progesterone, LH, and estradiol every other day until a dominant follicle, defined as 15 millimeters or greater, was seen. At that point, then the women were given either levonorgestrel 1.5 milligrams or the double dose of 3 milligrams, and then they returned for daily monitoring up to 7 days. So let's be very clear here in this design, okay? Here's a clinical pearl. This wasn't a real world looking for failure, because that'd be unethical, right? This was based on proof of ovulation, based on ultrasound and biochemical markers. Now, I know I did this in a previous podcast, but it's worth doing again just briefly, talking about the mechanism of action of levonorgestrel. Emergency contraception with LNG, that's levonorgestrel, works by preventing the luteinizing hormone surge and blocking follicle rupture. The researchers had theorized that women with obesity might not be able to get enough levonorgestrel to block the surge after an oral dose. The primary outcome in the trial was whether women had follicle rupture up to five days after dosing. The study was powered at 80% to detect a 30% difference in the proportion of cycles with at least a five-day delay in follicle rupture. In other words, a 50% decrease. All right, well, what happened? Well, a total of 70 women completed the study procedure. The two groups, were 35 women in each arm, had similar demographics with a mean age of 28 years and a BMI of 38. All right, well, what were the findings? Well, there was no difference between groups in the proportion of participants without follicle rupture. More than five days after dosing, 51.4% in the lower dose group did not experience follicle rupture, and in the double dose group, 68.6 did not experience rupture, but the difference was not significant. The p-value was 0.14. Among participants with follicle rupture before five days, the time to rupture, which was a secondary outcome, also didn't differ between the groups. 
Okay, a lot of words there. What is the clinical message here? What are we supposed to do, right? Just tell me what I need to know. Well, here's a clinical pearl. Providers are not recommended to give a higher dose of levonorgestrel emergency contraception just because patients are overweight or obese because it doesn't seem to have any real statistically significant difference in preventing follicle rupture. However, the best way that we should counsel patients is that they're is a way to make this work and that's take it as soon as possible after the sexual event and well i'm sorry but use a superior emergency birth control method which is ulipristal acetate based on the data now remember that there's a third option but we're talking about the oral dosages here because the third option is the copper tea that's completely unaffected by weight By the way, there's also data, remember, of the progestin-releasing IUD, or the IUS, which is Mirena. So while traditionally the copper tea was a gold standard and is completely unaffected by weight, the same can hold true for progestin-releasing IUD. That's the higher level of progestin, like traditional Mirena or the Liletta type. But again, the big disclosure here, once again, is that this was not a real-world failure outcome. This was a pharmacokinetic study. This was a pharmacodynamic randomized controlled trial. But it still adds weight to the findings because the traditional idea that, well, more is better doesn't seem to be the case here with levonorgestrel. Doubling the dose of levonorgestrel just because the patient is overweight or obese does not seem to work any better than the standard dose. Oh, don't send me any message that I'm ulipristal biased because it's not even my idea. Back in 2011, out of the journal Contraception, Anna Glazer et al. had that very same finding. According to these authors, after analyzing the data back in 2011, the authors concluded, quote, Women with a body mass index greater than 25 should be offered either an intrauterine device or ulipristal acetate, end quote. Well, podcast family, boy, is emergency contraception on the radar now or what? Well, it really is. So this study that just came out in the Green Journal, June of 2022, about doubling the dose of Plan B or levonorgestrel was super timely. As always, we're here to keep everyone up to date on the most current data and the most current scientific research. We're thankful for you. Thank you for what you do. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls.